Hello, superstars. Welcome to the Up Your Creative Genius podcast, where you will gain insight and tips to stomp on the accelerator and blast off to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Patty Dobrovolsky, and if this is your first time tuning in, then strap in because this is serious rocket fuel. Each week, I interview fellow creative geniuses to help you learn how easy it is to up your creative genius in any part of your life. Hey, everybody, it's Patty Dobrovolsky with Up Your Creative Genius. Oh, my God. Today for the podcast, I have Sean Bernstein, who is the most amazing pivoter because This guy was a lawyer. Well, no, he was a journalist, then a lawyer. And then now he started his own thing, helping people, the right agency, helping people with writing and blogs and their website. And I've been, you know, snooping around on you, Sean. It's been really fun to stalk you and see what you're up to. So I felt someone watching me. Welcome (laughs) to the show. All right. Uh, Great to be here, Patty. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, gosh. I love that I found you kind of through the back door. And I love your story and the fact that you drew a picture of your future, which, of course, you know, I love anybody's story about that and how it helped and inspired them. Oh, look, he's holding it up right now. For those of you that are just listening, he just held it up and showed it to me. I love that. But tell all the listeners a little bit about yourself and your story. Tell us your story because you love storytelling. I can't wait to hear your story. Gladly. I'm happy to walk you through it. It's been a bit of a doozy. Really what happens is when I hit a brick wall, I just like to go left or right. And I sort of, you know, make a turn and make a pivot. So that's kind of been the the ongoing theme and what's gotten me to where I am today. So I started as a journalist. I've been telling stories, as I say on my site, it's like I could hold a pen. I was that you know, little kid writing storybooks and full stories from age three. Like, now, did you be... save those stories from your childhood? Because I, I want to know. All right, good, good. They're, That's in, they're in the closet behind me. I've got a few. <laughs> they're classics. Okay. I was, you know, editing the elementary school paper and the high school newspaper and doing interviews in high school and just talking to whoever I could. And I loved it. And I wound up going to grad school for journalism and I had the absolute time of my life. I did an internship with the national broadcaster up here, which was this great experience. And I just loved every second of the newsroom and the energy and the chase and all that was. Oh, oh, I bet. I bet. Oh, it sounds exciting. Rapid fire. And the show is live, whether you're ready or not. So (laughs) you got to just be there and get it done. And, you know, I had an interview that recorded, with terrible with a top level diplomat and the sound quality was just terrible. Oh. Uh, I had to call him back and try oh, to track no. him down again and get it recorded oh, again God. like five uh. minutes before we were on the air and I oh, basically God. ran with the tape and we put it in. So you know everyone who's been in the newsroom has crazy stories. I've got my own. I love sharing those war stories. They're fun. Those That's are fun fantastic. stories. Well then you loved it so much. Then how in the world and why did you become a lawyer? That's a great question. First of all there were just no jobs. It was a dark time in the media world. I'm up in Canada. The media world is a much smaller landscape with, you know, fewer opportunities to really kind of earn some cash. And it was just not going my way. I spent a good six months hunting and said, you know what, I'm not going to sit on my behind after, you know, six years of school and just wait around for things to come to me. And law was kind of always on the back burner. Had a couple of families who'd been through law and, you know, a few relatives were still practicing. My mother had practiced for a bit and left. And 
went to go run businesses and did other things. And so I always saw law as a road to doing something else. My journey into law was never typical of, oh, you're going to be a lawyer and, you know, look at paperwork until you drop at your desk, which I think is <laughs> Well, every time I typical. think about lawyers, I think about seeing them on the airplane with those big briefcases with all of their files in there and thinking, oh, I couldn't, one, drag that thing around, two, couldn't read that much information that was disinteresting, frankly. You, you, you so, got it. <laughs> I read a fine print on that information. That's, uh, sort of interesting. that's right. To make sure it's accurate and correct. Devils in and the then, details, my That's friend. right. That's right. What kind of a lawyer then did you become? So I got into employment law. I had a bit of an HR background as well as the journalism. And I have just always loved talking to people and helping people. And employment law looks a little different up in Canada. There's a whole set of strict laws for employers and employees to follow. So I was representing both sides, which was great because you can kind of put both hats on. Yeah. You know, if I'm representing an employee who's just been let go, I'm thinking, okay, so the employer is going to do this in the chess game. So yeah, I'm going to move okay. my rook here and then, you know, we're going to do this and this. So it's neat in that sense. But there's a whole lot of law that I did not enjoy. Oh, I bet. To you today. Yeah. Yeah. And so then why did you decide to quit? And then how did you do that? Because that's a leap from something solid to something that is like, boom, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. You're not standing on a net or a bridge or a little rope between two places. You're kind of in thin air. So tell people what you did then and how you got out of it. Sure. So I'll take a step back. I actually quit twice. I had a first job that, you know, I was practicing for a couple of months. It was just not the right setup for me. I'll, yep. I'll leave it at that. Okay. And I walked away and said, that's it. I'm never doing this again. Not feeling it. This is not the way that I want to run a business. And I left and I had done other things and I had some, you know, jobs that were kind of peripheral to law. And I had actually a great gig that was at a law firm not practicing that was really quite cushy. And I was, I was growing in the role. (laughs) And I only only had left because my dream law firm that I always wanted to work for, who I, you know, love still called me and said, Hey, if you want to come join us, we've got an opening. This is the time. And I said, you know what? I would be remiss if I didn't try it again. Yeah. So I tried it again. Yeah, <laughs> I did about a year with them. Bless made me realize a year of law that I don't ever want to do that again. Yeah, that's fantastic. So what I love about this is that you started off with something you're really passionate about, and then you felt compelled to get a job. And this is, you know, going to a different direction. And so you did that. And then when you were in that, you realized, oh, no, 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 that's not it. And then you went back because sometimes I think that's what we do. We think, oh, well, I'll give it one last shot because why not? Right. But now you're not doing that at all. Now you're doing what? Tell us about that. So I left for good in the summer of 2019. And I said, (laughs) yeah, my brain was just done to put it mildly. And I could not go back. And I said, okay, so what comes next year? You know, what's next for me? I was still young. I still sort of had a career ahead of me. And I didn't really know what I was going to do. And I have a partner who I believe you know, Patty, who is much, as you probably know already, is much sharper than I am. And she kind of elbowed me in the ribs and said, you're a writer, go and write. And what stopped me from making that pivot earlier, I had looked at sort of, you know, different ways that I could pivot my career. But what I think held me back was that I was so afraid of starting my own business, my own thing, not having that net, not being an employee. Yeah. You know, can you really make this work? 
Uh, and thankfully, with that encouragement, I said, okay, you know what, let's try this, see what happens. And if I fall on my face, I fall on my face. And thankfully, I didn't. Well, fantastic. That's great. So you just started to write for people and put it out there that you could help them, right? And so I see that you're doing some writing for other people and you are doing your own writing. You do your own blog posting around things that are really simple, short, things to promote yourself, but also helpful information for other people. So now what is it that inspires you about what you're doing now? What do you really love that you're doing? And tell us a little more about what you do for people so you can help them. Sure, gladly. So I started up as the Right Stuff Agency in the fall of 2019. My initial model was don't say no. Just say yes. Someone asked if you can help, give it a shot. Like I said in the beginning, I've been telling stories forever. And so to me, it's all just a different way of storytelling. And sometimes the storyteller changes or the audience changes, but everybody understands stories, stories that we latch onto. And I said, okay, you know, maybe I could really help. And because I had had, you know, background as well in blogging, I won a couple national blog awards. I knew that I could sort of tell stories that could be easily understood. And because of the legal, I can make complicated things simple. I said, okay, maybe that'll translate more broadly into businesses. Yeah. So I sort of targeted myself initially to small businesses, had a couple sort of initial Industries that I was going for legal, obviously, because I can talk the talk and I can understand their pain points and why they don't have time to write. I did a lot of work with real estate as well, talking about, you know, telling stories of homes and neighborhoods and, you know, why you want to move here. Well, that's something that people want to hear from an agent, get some material there. And then I've sort of branched out. I have no industry that's off limits, really, but I do a lot of work in health. So you were doing some work with legal and accounting and healthcare. And now what are you doing now? Really a little bit of everything. Exactly that. I am telling stories in all kinds of different formats. So Fantastic. I'm writing websites and writing blogs and newsletters and articles and speeches and, you know, open letters and eBooks and that's, Just finding all new ways to tell stories. I love that. I love that because now you're back to your journalism self. Now tell me, who inspires you in what you're doing? Like, who do you look for and what do you love to read and look at when you're online? What can we get from you, learn from you, and who can you tap us into so that we can just expand a little bit? What are your favorites? That's a great question. I love I love stories. I love a good life story. Uh, for anyone who's actually watching, you can see the bookshelf behind me is not a backdrop. It's real. And it's mostly biographies. It's mostly biographies of people who are interested, had really interesting lives. And a lot of mostly autobiographies of them sort of telling their stories. I love that. I love figuring out still what makes people tick and what interests them. And that's what I try to do in my business. So I love any sort of good writing. I'm still a bit of a news junkie. I still love good reporting, good storytelling. Gosh, where do you find good reporting now? I mean, like, really? (laughs) So it's a combination, right? You know, in school, you're taught how to do it right. There's no question. A lot of folks along the way somehow lose their way. But good reporting is really, you know, you don't need to be overly complicated in the way you tell a story to tell a complicated story. So that's like your tip for people about when they're writing their own blog posts, if they're doing their own posting, you know, what should they consider? If you're doing your own posting, you have to put yourself in the shoes of your readers. And ideally, those readers are your prospective clients. And what do they want to know? 
you are probably the subject matter expert in whatever you're writing about. And that's great. But remember that they're not. And your goal is not to make them the subject matter expert. Your goal is to make sure they know that you are and they have to call you next time they need something. So don't try to over-educate them. Don't go into, you know, lawyers are the worst at this. They go into the weeds and, you know, really nuances of a legal case. Your readers aren't interested. They just want to know that you can help them when they have the same problem. I love that. I love that. So really don't give it all away is what you're saying. I'm terrible at that. I just give it all away all the time, you know. That's why you help people. That's part of my DNA, right? And now who inspired you when you were young to be resilient like this? Who was somebody that was an influence for you growing up or somebody you worked with, a teacher? Tell us a little bit about your story of how you got to, you know, this pivot point and were able to find the courage to do it. I have to give it all to my mom because, you know, I know it's a cliche answer, but she's pretty incredible. And she's also the queen of the pivot. She uh, went into law well, she school. Was she was a lawyer, right? She, she was went into law school because she was yeah. going to run a family business. And when she was in school, the family business closed. Wow. So that was not what she was expecting. So she had to <laughs> give it that not. way. I was born and I had a couple serious health issues as a baby. So she really couldn't manage a legal career and that. And so she had to pivot again and became a full-time fundraiser for a while. She wound up running a very successful clothing store for a couple of years then pivoted into a sales business that really took off, then pivoted into another sales business in a totally unrelated industry that helped her retire. And now she golfs six days a week and she's living her best life. But she is the absolute queen of the pivot. My hat goes off to her. She is fearless. Well, I think it's fearless for anybody to leave something And I have left many careers, you know, big careers that I had and pivoted. And I think that I grew up in a family like you did, where my father, he worked in his same job for, I don't know, 40 years or something. And then they glass ceilinged him. You know, they said, we're not going to promote you. You could stay here. You can make the same amount of money, but we're not going to promote you and expand your role. And my father was like, forget it. I'm out. And he went and became an entrepreneur. You know, he started his own consulting practice and he won awards and, you know, his specialty was concrete. So I tell people, you know, my dad was very concrete and he really was. He like, you know, he just was so flat, you know, flat affect. He really was flat. And then every so often he'd left, (laughs) you know, like that. But what's true is every single one of us, has been entrepreneurs in some way in our careers. You know, all three of my siblings and I, we're just, that's it. And I think once you see that, then you know it's possible, right? So when you're thinking about that pivot, what did you do to encourage yourself on the days when things didn't happen? Like, how did you get yourself out of bed or what kinds of things, self-talk, how'd you work with yourself to still feel inspired to go back to the page and go back to try to get clients? So I told myself something that I think still sticks with me today. I had a bit of a history of betting on the round horse when it came to jobs. And I had some great employers and some not so great employers. And there were times where I had an option between the two. And unknowingly, I, you know, would take the not so great employer and had some not so great experiences. And there's never such a thing as, you know, a real problem in hindsight, because you've learned from those experiences as much as you do anything else. But had said that I had bet on the wrong horse. And I realized that, look, when you bet on yourself, you can't lose. And if I I bet on myself, 
And I knew that I could do this. I knew I had the skills. I, I know where my strengths are. So I know I could play to my strengths. Yep. And if I bet on myself, there's no way that I could really lose doing this. It might be rocky, but I'd win in the long run. Yeah, I love that. And I think when you bet on yourself, really, you'll always win. And even as it's hard, because it is hard at times, there are days where you think, well, I'm not sure what to do next. But if you have the courage to go forward and just get up, and for me, sometimes it's just keep moving forward. You know, small steps add up to big gains. And so for you, it seems like what I love about it is that you went back to what you're most passionate. And that passion. So for people that are listening, you know, if you don't have a passion that you found yet, you know, search around and think about the things that you would do when you have free time and it's just you. What do you do when you're just playing, right? Because there's a key in there for the things that you will love to do, I think. So one of the things that I was thinking about was you said you did a map. What's on the future state side of that picture of yours that you drew that picture on the future state side? I wanted to be stronger, which I am. I've been exercising fairly regularly. I wanted to be popular, which the business is, which I'm really pleased I like about. that you said popular. So anybody, you be sure to like him and follow him, you know, the The right right agency, the right right stuff stuff agency, right stuff agency. I wanted to be busy. I put a picture of a bee and I've been (laughs) busy as a bee lately. And then some, and I wanted to be energized and I like to think that I am. So you definitely are. It's just crazy. And I think that something about you, your energy is like already excited about the story that you're about to write or you're about to find out. So I can't wait to see what else happens for you. So if there was some big dream that you still have that you haven't tapped into, what's that secret dream that you have at night that you have not quite stepped into yet? That's a great question. I have a project potentially on the horizon of writing a book with someone. I talked about it in a blog post a couple of weeks ago. I never should have had that dream of writing the great novel. I don't write fiction, generally speaking. I don't read a lot of fiction, as you can see behind me. So this is going to be a, a, more on the self-help genre. It'll be nonfiction. But it'll be really interesting to sort of put that many words together. I worked in a long form, but not that long. So yes. it'll be a really interesting challenge to help, you know, jump in on that one and then see if that's something that takes me in the future, if I will going to start helping to write books. Yes. Yes. And I think, you know, you having a podcast too would be fantastic because you're a great journalist. I love your writing style. You know, the stuff that I read, I was like, oh, it's so crisp and clean. That guy really knows how to write. Right. So I'm engaged from the very beginning of the story, but to see you launch into, you know, what you're passionate about, which is people and understanding them and getting to the heart of what it is that they need. I love that. And I can't wait to see that all happen for you. So if you were to give some advice to anybody about how they could pivot or what to do when you pivot, what would you tell them? What advice would you give about? Because you seem to do that. Like, you know, your partner, she said, go do it, go right. And you were like, okay, boom, like that. And then you started. But what advice would you give? What do people need to be thinking about or doing? 
I think you have to just kind of, you know, I mean, it sounds cliche, but just summon your courage and make that leap. You know, it is a leap and we stop ourselves because we get so afraid. What if it doesn't work out? What if this happens? What if that happens? If this didn't work out, I'd go get a job. It's really the worst case scenario was not so bad. And in most things in life, the worst case scenario is not so bad. And I think the second you realize that and it clicks in, you kind of go, okay, what do I got to lose? Yeah, fantastic. I love that. And then it seems like the, the marketing part of it is, you know, how's that going? The marketing, the business, you mean? Yes. It's gone well. I'm so grateful. Most of my clients, almost exclusively are referrals. So much of it is coming from word of mouth and clients are happy. And when they're happy, they send more people their way. Yes. And so I love that because this is, it's a tip, like, don't forget, don't ever burn a bridge, right? Always stay in contact with the people that you know. Did you put anything out on LinkedIn or how did you let people know that you were launching your business? My first website, I say, was one of the worst that I've seen. It was a joke <laughs> and it was done haphazardly. I'm a writer. I'm not a web designer. I hire those out. But it was done very haphazardly by me in an afternoon. And it was one post of me saying, here I am. I'm now available to ghostwrite and, you know, do whatever copying content you need. And, you know, I put up a couple old posts that I had done for other employers and a short resume and the barn doors burst open. It was wild. People started reaching out. I'm lucky that I have a big network of people reached out and said, Hey, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? And I said, sure, let's give it a shot. Oh, what we got to lose. Let's give it a shot. And it kind of blossomed from there. Oh, that's so fantastic. And I love that you were brave enough to put something out there, even if it wasn't good. And I think that, you know, when I tell entrepreneurs, the thing is, you just have to leap and the net will appear. You'll figure it out. And every day you have to learn something new to get there. But if you put it into a picture, you solidify it by writing it down, you think about it and dream about it, see how you're going to build this story of your life, then you get to a place where life becomes so exciting and expansive that, you know, it's just not going to work. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that I think is part of it is that when you feel like it, you're working. That's the question, you know, whenever I'm doing something, and I don't know if you've come across that with writing any stories, but when you feel like you're working, it means that you're not really aligned with your passion. You're not really, because when you love what you do. Nothing feels like work. Even if it's long hours, it's not work because you're doing something you love, right? Exactly. I love this. I love this work. It tires me out sometimes. And it's, you know, that's, I can't believe how many words I wrote today and I'm bouncing like a ping pong ball between six different clients and totally different industries and different ideas, but I'm having fun. Oh, that's fantastic. Just having fun. Well, thank you so much for taking time to tell us about your story. I just can't wait to read more. The Right Stuff Agency. You want to check out Sean Bernstein and all the things he's doing because you're amazing, Sean. You're a great example of the pivot for people who are ready to make a change. You know, follow him. I'll put his information in the show notes. And if you like what you heard today and you want to bring people to up your creative genius, the podcast, I would just love for you to send this out to your friends who are really ready to pivot and they want to do something new because this is a great story of how you can 
create change in your life. And it doesn't have to be that hard. We make it much harder than we need to because we get so scared. And you were really brave in this whole thing. And I love that. And I'm so excited to see what you're going to do next, Sean. So thanks so much for taking time with me today. I love loved hearing your story. Thank you. Thank you so much, Patty. It's been a pleasure. All right. So we'll see you soon next time, everybody. Until next time, up your creative genius. I mean it. Thanks so much for listening today. Be sure to DM me on Instagram your feedback or takeaways from today's episode on Up Your Creative Genius. Then join me next week for more Rocket Fuel. Remember, you are the superstar of your universe and the world needs what you have to bring. So get busy, get out, and up your creative genius. And no matter where you are in the universe, here's some big love from yours truly, Patty Dobervolsky, and the Up Your Creative Genius podcast. That's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs>